Hello, welcome back. It's the Bench Boys podcast, episode number four. I am finally back in Corvallis and Jacob Barton. Uh, good to see you, man. Good to see you. First, before we get into the podcast, I want to congratulate Jacob. He actually was selected as a student manager um, to travel to the NCAA Basketball Academy in Memphis, Tennessee. So he'll be heading off this weekend. So I just wanted to say congratulations. I'm really excited for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you were secretly accepted, too. You just weren't told and they expected you to. <laughs> Got a call like three days before. They're like, oh, so you can fly out to Memphis, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive into it first. We're going to start off with some quick headlines, um, starting with Draymond Green and the Jordan Poole drama. So recently on Pat Bev's, Patrick Beverly's podcast, Draymond spoke on the Jordan Poole incident, um, claiming he, the, the statement he said was, I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time, and you usually ain't just triggered by something that fast. We know stuff and you don't we know stuff you don't say amongst men. So it sounds like Draymond is trying to justify hitting Jordan Poole. Um I don't think Jordan Poole's dad was a big fan of that, responded to Draymond's comments in a not a very respectful way. Uh as he should. I mean, Draymond obviously was not in the right punching Jordan Poole at the beginning of last year. But um, what do you think about this? Do you think this is Draymond just being Draymond or do you think, um, you know, this is something that could have a bigger effect uh, in the long run on the Warriors like it did last year? Um, I, I think it's just Draymond being Draymond, man. He, you know, he does some stupid stuff. You know, we've seen it time and time again. Um, I don't think it's going to play a like a lasting impact. But, you know, when the Wizards and Warriors play against each other, I think there's going to be a little bit of bad blood out there. And Jordan's going to be going for 50 every time. I agree. I think I think Jordan Poole has a lot of resentment built up now that, especially now that he's not on the team, he can kind of express his thoughts a little more. And I think the two sides are kind of clashing a lot. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup. I definitely think Poole is going to be trying to chuck up and try and get to 50. Yeah. Um, I think Draymond is, you're right. I do think Draymond is just being Draymond. It is a podcast. It is Patrick Beverly's podcast, which is just the smaller version of Draymond. So you're crazy. You know, well. <laughs> some kind of, some kind of crazy stuff, stupid stuff is going to be said on, on a podcast with those two on it. All right. Next up, uh, we wanted to talk about, you know, your Padres. I know you're a Padres fan. Yes. So, sir. Tell me about them. They're kind of struggling right now. Yeah, um, it's been quite the awful year. Um, can't seem to string together a good little win streak. Um, a lot of it is to blame on the um, manager, Bob Melvin. He is he makes some really bad decisions almost every night. It's actually incredible, um, but he doesn't have much to work with. We have one of the worst bullpens in the league, I'd say. And so watching them try to go out there and pitch and save a game is just hard to watch. Um, and with the trade deadline coming up, I've been seeing a ton of things about like Juan Soto being traded, Josh Hader being traded, like some of our big name players. Um, realistically, I mean, I bet our general manager is still wanting to win because he made all these trades and mm -hmm. I mean, we made it to the NLCS last year. Um, I can't imagine we're just going to blow it up as we're just struggling one season, but I do think he, I think realistically I could see Juan Soto being traded because he's a man due for a ton of money. 
And um, if we trade him away, then we could bring in pieces to then either fill the roles of, I mean, we need higher contact hitters, better average hitters. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, he could use whatever pieces he gets to then flip those and bring in more suitable pieces than just the big name in Juan Soto. Um, And then I, I, I think we keep Josh Hader because I don't really see a reason in trading like the only reliable guy in the bullpen right now. So okay. that's kind of where my head's at. I don't think Padres blow it up. I think they try to stay contenders and try to just get the right pieces. Hopefully it's not too late by then. I, I think overall the season's been pretty disappointing. Yeah. I mean, there's still like 60 games left. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and then we'll move on to the Giants. So the SF Giants are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Camilo Doval, their all-star pitcher, just reached 30 staves, the first pitcher in the league this year to do that. Um, I think the Giants, I think they caught a second wave uh, or a second wind um, this back half of the first half of the season, I guess you could say. And so there are 13 games above 500 right now, third in the NL, only one game behind the Dodgers, but eight games behind the Braves who are in first place. So that the the Braves are still comfortably in first place. I think the Giants, um, you know, they 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 were on that massive streak of 10, 10, 12 games in a row. And I think they kind of fell off for a bit, but right now they're in a good momentum. And I could see them continuing this momentum and passing the Dodgers. I mean, they won their series against the Dodgers the last time and um, there's nothing wrong with riding hot streak. They actually have a way better record on the road than they do at home, which is a little surprising. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. So I'm excited, and hopefully the Giants can put up some numbers. Yeah, I mean, I don't really – I haven't been following the Giants too much just because I haven't been following baseball altogether because if the Padres suck, you know, then why would I? Um, yeah. But, yeah, dude, Giants – it's every other year for the giants they'll show out and then next year they'll probably be bad again, but then, you know, you got to ride it out while you can. Yep. And they've been killing it. And uh, yeah, we'll see what they do at the deadline. I am interested to see though. Um, um, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Oh yeah. That that's going to get entertaining. When is, is that going to happen as soon as the season ends? You think? Dude, I think it could happen before the deadline, but I mean, the Angels have been pretty good this season, so I don't know. I, I I don't know really all the logistics of it, but I know they're definitely shopping him during this deadline, seeing what kind of packages they can get. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be madness. I think that's going to be like the equivalent of everyone trying to get, you know, Kevin Durant and LeBron James. So put it in NBA terms, if that makes sense. I mean, Otani is easily the best player in the MLB right now. So, I, you know, close. Want some. yeah, if the Angels had a bullpen, they'd be they'd be a little better. <laughs> That's for sure. Right, let's dive deep into summer league. That's uh, just wrapped up. Um, the Rockets lost to the Cavaliers in the championship game. Um, what are your thoughts on the summer league this year? I, I actually followed along pretty uh, closely to Summer League, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we saw kind of the highly scouted rookies that we were really excited to see kind of either get injured right away and then just call it, um, or they just decide to sit out, which makes sense. But, I mean, it, it definitely got boring quickly. But um, 
you know, yeah. summer league, I like watching it. I like to see dudes go out there and uh, give it their all because these are all dudes competing for roster spots in the NBA. Yeah. And so, shout, out, shout out to our guy, Ethan Thompson, Oregon State Beaver on the yes, page. You got it. You got you got some run, some run in. So hopefully he's still grinding out there. Yeah, he's he's a baller, man. I, I I wish, you know, I hope I hope he gets a spot on a team or at least gets a, a really good contract overseas. Yeah, I mean, shoot, a team. I think any team could use a leader off the bench to just kind of basically lead that bench group, you know, and that's what he is. He really just brings teams together and. Yeah, I think he deserves a spot full full on, but yeah. All right, let's do our three uh favorite rookies. Uh, or not it doesn't have to be rookies, but three favorite players this summer league. And then we're gonna do our three not so uh not so favorite, not very impressive players from this summer year summer league. So you go ahead, uh name your your three favorites and your three uh three most disappointing. So uh my three favorites. Number one would be, I might botch the first name, but Osir Thompson, the one, the Thompson <laughs> brothers, the Pistons one, um, dude, he, he balled, he would fill the stat sheet out every night and he kind of showed me exactly what I was hoping to see. And he just, you know, I could see him fitting well with that Pistons lineup if Jaden Ivey passes it. Um, but yeah, if he can control that floor, I mean, having him and Cade, two six seven guards. I mean, that's that's kind of tough. But um, yeah, I'd say him. Um, let's see, Cam Whitmore was. You know, he won MVP, but it, I really liked watching him because he played with this like crazy mentality out there. You know, he was always going. You know. Um, but the thing that didn't impress me that much is that he was putting up 20 shots a night to score 22, you know? Yeah. So I was kind of, I was surprised to see him win MVP because um, the next guy who I'd say is in my top three is Orlando Robinson for the heat. Um, he looked very good out there night in, night out. He was getting double doubles nonstop and he did it more efficiently too. Um so I would say him. And then number three for me would be Hunter Tyson for the Nuggets out of Clemson. He was drafted in the second round. He was named to all summer league first team. He was he was killing it out there. That's I mean, that's basically all I got to say. He looked like a guy who can come in the league and fill in a role really well, especially for the Nuggets, you know. Yep. All right. So those were your three favorite players to watch during summer league give me your three players that you just weren't really feeling or you maybe you've expected more out of what did what did you see uh easy first answer would be brandon miller um you know didn't really show me what i wanted to see at all um but i don't know that feels kind of just easy um could be too early too yeah yeah exactly you know i don't want to I don't want to be jumping to conclusions like a lot of people, but uh, yeah, I would say I expected more out of Jarris Wallet, oh, Walker um, out of Houston for the Pacers. Um, I just, I, I kind of expected him to take the summer league as opportunity to just kind of figure out his game, but it seemed like he was trying to just put up 
a ton of shots, which is fine. But, you know, he was missing a lot. And it, it was tough to see there. Um, Next guy, I would probably say the Lakers boy, Jalen Hood, Shafino. Yeah. Uh, he Man, he was a brick from three. <laughs> like, he really was. <laughs> he, at, anytime he shot a three, I was like, no, that's not going in. <laughs> and I was right every single time. Uh, <laughs> so – He's definitely there. Um, and then I guess the third guy I would probably say, like I wasn't disappointed by him, but I wanted more would be Derek Lively, the second. Mm. Um, I expect him to start for Dallas right away. And I'm sure, you know, Luke is going to help him develop really well. Um, and of course, Kyrie. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to see more out of him out there. And I just feel like he was kind of getting like seven points, seven rebounds at night. And it's just a little disappointing. And he, you know, when it came to the flows of the game, I think he was like kind of there, but it, it just felt a little off. Well, you'd you'd think that lively is exactly what the what the Mavericks needed, right? You know, a yeah. big athletic guy who can block shots and catch lobs that, you know, because Luca and Kyrie are great playmakers. So yeah, I, I I think he was a little disappointing. Um, but then again, summer league, it's kind of hard to put up big numbers. Um, but I I do expect I do have higher expectations for him once the regular season comes around because I think he fits perfectly with that team. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really the only the only guy other than Maxi Kleber <laughs> that's gonna be competing for for minutes. So for sure. Big position. And I don't think Maxi Kleber is uh that great of a player. <laughs> You know, Maxi fills in a role well, but that's about it. You know, he's a he's a guy you can bring off the bench as a stretch four and to get rebounds. But you know, that's where I call it. If he's in your starting lineup, I'm a little worried. But yeah. <laughs> most of the audience has no idea who Maxi Kleber is, anyways. Oh, dude, Maxi's the goat, man. <laughs> All right, so um, for for my first pick, or you know, my favorite, uh, I'm gonna say Chet Holmgren. Uh, coming off just a really brutal injury that you know definitely probably hurt him a little both emotionally and physically because you you know we were also hyped to see him last year um but i think it was actually obviously not good thing that he got injured but it's great that he got a year of development under his belt and Mm -hmm. he came out and was really just very impactful right away you could see his potential um blocking shots everywhere he put on some muscle which i think is great and i would say that other than Wemby, i think that in this year's like summer league i think lively and chet are the two players that can have a somewhat similar impact defensively as Wemby. you know yeah athletic lots of length so i was really impressed with what i saw from chet especially coming off the injury um second keontae george um only played two games but in those two games, you know, he shot over 50% from the field and over 50, 44% from three, averaged 22 points per game in those summer league games. And for a guy that was drafted 16th overall, you know, that's not like those are pretty those are pretty crazy numbers for a guy that was drafted 16th overall. He put up better numbers than most lottery picks in this year's drafts. Definitely Brandon Miller. Yeah. Um, Keontae looked great. Yeah, Keontae did look great, and he's he's really young. He's only 19 years old. Um, he should be an intriguing addition for the for the Jazz. 
Mm-hmm. Um, third, this one, his, his name's been, you know, going around quite often lately because of his performance. But Imani Bates, the former top prospect in the nation um, who got drafted in the second round after a, a rough college career, I think he showed that he can still get you buckets at from any spot on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he played with a lot of confidence. And for a Cavs team that has a lot of dogs on him and, you know, really tough guys, I think he's going to he, – I think he's going to get a lot more minutes than people expect him to, to get. And, you know, as long as he can keep a level head, I think he's going to be an impactful player right away. And he's got – I mean, there's a reason he was the number one prospect at one point, right? So Yeah, I, I agree with everything you say. I mean, he's a, he's a hooper, man, you know. Yeah. Getting him in late in the second round is a steal, especially for the Cavs who aren't very deep at the three position. I mean, they got players, but they really don't have impactful players. He could be a man who sneakily ends up as their starting three at some point. Yeah. But um, did you see it came out like the other day? He was saying like, you know, my my uh, my go to friend basically in the league is uh, John Morant. And then he was. He was also talking about like the dudes who've been um, just like helping him along the way so far, and he he listed Jaw of course, and then Miles Bridges too. I was like, man, this guy's oh. he's he's got to be playing right now. You like worst guys you want to say it, that are like your, yeah. your helpers in the NBA one. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously John Miles are hoopers, but yeah, when. When the biggest issue around you is you're, you know, outside the game and you're saying that stuff, that's too funny, man. It's like he wants people to keep. <laughs> those aren't the two guys you want to have around his company. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. He said that. I did not know that. Yeah. Like all the comments were like, he's got to be ironic right now. <laughs> There's no way he's being for please, real. Be please, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's let's keep him in our prayers. Seriously. Um, all right, so my not my not so impressive list. Uh, I'm gonna grow with the same one as you said for the first one is uh, Brandon Miller, uh, Jordan Michael Jordan uh, might have sc- screwed the pooch again. I don't know. It's it wouldn't be a surprise. I think if I was talking about anyone else, it'd be um, kind of unfair. But since it's Jordan, uh, who has messed up so many second overall picks and just lottery picks in general. I think it's, you know, it's it's fair to judge him uh, based on on summer league and how the, the lottery pick plays. And Brandon Miller, I mean, he's just, just throwing up so many bricks, so many turnovers. I think in the first two summer league games, he had a combined 12 turnovers. Um, and in one game, he had 10 fouls and like six turnovers, which I don't get how that's possible. Yeah, that was impressive. And for Brandon Miller, it goes deeper for me than just summer league, because when I watched him in march madness i was not that impressed at all i'm pretty sure like the first round of march madness he only had like seven points and he was just not really helping his team it was Um, was concerning to watch you were like okay well this is not you know every this is not what you want to see from a potential potential second overall pick when like the pressure was at its highest and since that he's really struggled he hasn't bounced back yeah um I want to talk about the Hornets a little later on, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Brandon Miller, I was just really happy that the Hornets drafted him instead of Scoot because 
I feel like I feel like coming into the draft, I was like, I'm not too high on Brandon Miller. I mean, he's got the stuff, but it reminds me a lot of like Jabari Smith, you know. Very, very high risk, um, high reward. So mm-hmm. let's see. Uh number two on my list was Jaden Hardy, um, guard for the Mavericks. He is a second year player and he came out of the G League Ignite, but he just he was awful. I think the the Mavericks are expecting him to jump into like the lead backup role at guard. Um, and he just, he, I mean, he shot 35% overall, 24% from three, and he had a one-to-one assist to turnover ratio, which is not great. So um, I expected more from him. Um, he's really explosive and has very crafty, a lot of craftiness in his game, but the inefficiency is not, is it's just it's hard to overlook um and with the with the guys on your team that when you're the guys on your team are Luca and Kyrie who are both very high volume shooters it's not great that your backup guard is also a really high volume shooter who is still mm-hmm. learning to get his efficiency down so I think you know that's why I think Lively is going to be great for that team yeah yeah no doubt and last, uh, you're not gonna like this one. I don't. I don't like this one either. But Shaden Sharp was a little disappointing. Um, he he got tons of shots up, yeah. but he did not shoot the ball great at all. Um, I mean, the Blazers had an okay summer league. I think Scoot in his one game played better um, than Sharp, and you know, whatever how many however many games he played, but. Uh, the two lot or him and Matherin were extremely disappointing. Both mm-hmm. uh, shot below forty percent and be- and thirty percent on three pointers. It's just not great. I think Sharp is going to end up being more of a slasher. I don't think I want to see Shaden, you know, crossing up dudes and shooting fadeaway pull ups. Uh, he was pulling those out, and then like the very first one of those he took, he switched it. I was like, dang man, he's got a bag now. And then and then like. <laughs> Six shots later, as I know, he do not. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a lot of those, and it was just like it was just hard, really difficult shots, like shots that like you got to be really, really elite to make. And I just don't think he's there yet. He's really young though, so like I'm, I'm literally a, a year and a half older than this dude. So this is me off, but you know he's he's gonna be all right. All right, you want to talk about the Hornets? Well, let's let's loop back around to the Hornets and. Yeah situation they got over there uh so I feel like the Hornets are a team that really doesn't get talked about at all um you know I listen to other NBA podcasts and and stuff like that and I just feel like the Hornets never get said because they're I mean recently they've every year they've been a team that's just kind of silent and bad you know (laughs) um obviously they have LaMelo but that's only coverage they get um, so I kind of wanted to talk about what I think they should do this season. And of course I want your input and maybe ideas you might think for them, but, um, you know, coming into the season, you got LaMelo who just got the, the big contract now, um, Brandon Miller, who's going to be your starting four slash three. And then Miles Bridges, who's coming back, he'll probably s- slide into that starting lineup and then, Mark Williams at the five, who I still think will be a nice starting center in the league. So you got four guys right there who kind of complement each other's games pretty well, but I still think you're missing 
like a big score. And I think if the Hornets want to be a team that is well-respected around the league, I think they need to make a big trade finally. And I think they need to go for a guy like Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Okay. Um, I think if they trade for Zach Levine, I think their starting lineup would be very like, they would all just complement each other's games very well. Um, And there's a lot of defense there and there's a lot of offense. Um, So, I I mean, I'm, you know, the Hornets are just such a boring team. They have nice uniforms, which is in LaMelo, which is the coolest thing about them. But like, I want to see them do something, you know? Well, they do have sweet unis, probably one of my favorites in the league. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're kind of just in this gray area. They're kind of like the Wizards the last like you know a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Lamelo is kind of a game changer because I don't think there's a lot of teams that have a product like Lamelo on their mm-hmm. team. So I do think this is kind of the time. Maybe you might we might be a year early, but this is starting yeah. to get to that time where they they're gonna need to to make some moves, or else they're just gonna be the laughing stock of the NBA. I mean, um, they haven't been competitive. They got they got blown out in the play-in game that they made, I think, two years ago, or maybe it was last year. Um, and I think Bridges coming back, it might be, you know, a year or a couple months before it's fully, you know, he's he's the impactful player that he was before yeah. uh, he got suspended. Um, so, I don't know. I think Miller, it, it, it to me, it rides more on the shoulders of Brandon Miller. I think – yeah. If you get a great rookie season out of Brandon Miller, you can have some peace of mind about not only the draft pick of him, but your future going forward. Not only does it open up more options, trade options, but just in general, just, you know, winning helps everything and seeing young guys develop and the hard work pay off is so satisfying. So I do think a big trade is in their future. Yeah. Exactly. It sounds like a pretty decent fit. Um, but I also, I, it's, it's, they have so many players and they have so many draft picks recently that just haven't panned out. I mean, we haven't, James Booknight was the big thing. Oh, and that reminds him. me, he looked horrible during the summer league. Yeah, he looked god awful. And so I think they're probably going to move on from him sometime soon. Yeah. I think they're going to have to rely on, you know, you know, they better pray that Brandon Miller isn't the biggest bust in this year's this year's draft or else it's going to be mayhem in, in Charlotte will be another another pick that Jordan messed up but at least they did get Nick Smith Jr. I I think he's going to be good yeah he's he looks good in summer league he did and uh, you know I was high on him coming into it and then he kind of proved me right and I was like you know what dude I'm on the Nick Smith Jr. train he doesn't really have a future in Charlotte with LaMelo, I'd say. Um, I mean, Terry Rozier is just there, which is just like a random name. Like he's Terry had a really good year last year, but like why is he, he on the really impact? Say what? Yeah, but why is he on the Hornets? Like it's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> he doesn't fit into their system. It's like when it's like Dame on the on the Blazers, just like yeah, it's just awkward. <laughs> it's in Gordon too. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, yeah. Uh, it's weird, but yeah, that's all I pretty much have to say about the Hornets. All right, guys, let's let's wish the best of luck to Michael Jordan before before he gets trolled again for the next couple of years for being a horrible, horrible <laughs> owner. 
hundred <laughs> percent. All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up. But first, but I could I cover some super super quick, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, no no worries. Uh, so um, obviously you still be seeing a lot of stuff like mock trades for Damian Lillard. You know yeah. that's that's not going away, and it just seems like Joe Cronin still just sitting back, and he's like, yeah. Uh, I still got Dame. <laughs> He's pulling the, the Daryl Morey that he pulled with Ben Simmons, where he just he was like, "Yeah, I'll just wait <laughs> one out. Screw this. <laughs> just wait a little bit." <laughs> um, but in all these mock trades, I have not seen this name once, and I think it's exactly what the Blazers are looking for in a trade because they want to commit to a full rebuild. So they have the young guards that they're rebuilding around. So you need bigs. Yeah. And the team they want, like Dame wants to go to, has one for us, and it's Orlando Robinson. And I talked about him. He looked great in summer league, and he's a young center, a seven foot center who can, you know, he's going to get boards, he's going to play defense, and he's going to score a little bit. And yeah. I haven't seen his name once. He's like he's a better piece for Portland to trade for than Nikola Jovic. Let's let's hope uh, Joe Cronin's on the same page as you are. I I don't know, dude. He's he's. He's not even reading a book right now. You know, <laughs> the slander continues in telegrams. <laughs> no, I like that idea. I like that idea. I think a package um, for him and Triple J, Jaime Jaquez Jr. I, I, I love Triple J. People like, really? I, I honestly love Triple J. He, he looked great in summer league and he's just like a very simple player. He does. Yeah. He's, he's going to go all out. He's going to get rebounds and he's going to finish in the paint and he's going to hit the major range jumper. Like you don't need him to do anything else. And he's not the most athletic guy, but I think having four years of college experience and, you know, at succeeding at such a high level and then coming into summer league and playing super good, I'd love to see the Blazers land him and hear him and, you know, Orlando Robinson, like you said, and in a package and have that be like your, your young core at the, in the front court so i like it yeah obviously we still need to trade nurk and jeremy grant too then um anything is Nurkic. Nurkic. get him out of here man get him as far away from portland as possible i don't want to see him move <laughs> oh man Nurkic, Nurkic, Nurkic has oh god he just he can't play any defense <laughs> it's just so bad. It's he just so sits back and lets the dude back him down all the way under the rim. <laughs> he's like he's like six seven eleven, like two seventy. Like you'd think this dude would show some muscle and some heart, but he's he's so slow. He has no IQ on defense. He gets beat every single time. He's, he's not he's not athletic. He's not a shot blocker. So he's really just a big guy who can who has some nice touch around the rim. But in this day and age, man, you got you you can't have a guy like that on your team. The whole time he was injured, he was just focusing on that three-point shot. Instead, of <laughs> He came back throwing up some threes, and he would make, like, one of four, but then he would miss every layup. I'm like, are you I went, serious? I went to watch a couple of Blazers games, and he had, like, a game, I think, where he had four threes. And it was, oh, yeah, it was, it was the game that the Lakers came back from 25 points to beat the Blazers <laughs> in Portland. Yeah, I think he had four threes in the first half, was like celebrating with all these three-point celebrations in the second half. I think Thomas Bryant outplayed Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> Probably, dude. <laughs> it's time for this, this, this to end. <laughs> oh, man. 
All right, give me your pick for. I know it's early. We'll probably you can. I'll let you change it eventually. But right now, give me your pick for rookie of the year. Oh man! Oh, there's so many enticing names. Um, oh, I'm gonna. I'm doing the bias. I'm not doing Victor. I'm doing Scoot, baby. Oh, you're doing Scoot. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I like that pick. Um, it, this kind of this kind of this situation kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis. Uh, when he got drafted, everyone's like, "Oh, he's you know easy rookie of the year." And then Dame yeah. comes out and just balls out, outplays him completely. So, I I like your pick, but I'm not gonna choose the same same player. Fair uh, enough. That'd be boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta go with my boy Chet Holmgren, dude. I'm I'm sorry. I, it's bold. It could go wrong. He could get injured. You know, he could get. I like it. I like it. He could get. Um, you know, toughed out by some of these other bigger guys, but yeah, I liked seeing was watching chat play. He was bringing up the ball and like smooth lay underhand layups, scoop layups, you know, like fadeaway jumpers. And yeah, I think dude. he has a more obviously Victor's ceiling is higher, but I think right now in this moment, Chet has a more refined skill set than he does. So I can see yeah. it. Yeah, last year, but I am cheering for Scoot. We all want Scoot. So yes, sir. All right, man. This was fun, and uh, that that'll do it for episode number four. Awesome, man. Take care. You too.